And if you ignore my reasonable plea, that's just fine by me. Cause all the media's seen, the cause and reason for leaks is more than freedom of speech. It's also people's belief that we all need to be brief. In order to keep all the peace, we ought to police the police. And that takes much more than just a formal PR release. So all in all you see, we speak what we seek. And we deceive what we speak. It's the truth that's keeping us free. Hello and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I'm Mike Masnick. Uh, in the last few years, Airbnb has taken the world by storm. It's really an astounding story when you look at it. It's one of those companies that nearly everyone insisted was a terrible idea when they first heard about it. What kind of people would really want to open up their homes to complete strangers and let them stay there? And what kind of people would actually make use of such a service? Even Airbnb's initial backers at Y Combinator thought that it was a bad idea that needed to change. And yet, it took off in an astounding way. It's available around the globe. The company is worth many billions of dollars, and it is insanely useful. While I've never rented out my home via it, I've used Airbnb to find a place to stay multiple times. And each time, I've actually had an amazingly wonderful experience, significantly better than basically any hotel I've ever stayed at. Just a few weeks ago, I needed to find a place to stay for a series of meetings in Sacramento. And for whatever reason, basically all the hotels downtown were booked up other than one whose Travelocity, the top Travelocity review talked about giant bugs all running all over the place. So I turned to Airbnb and within an hour had found and booked an entire apartment within walking distance to the state capitol at half the price of the bug-filled hotel. The apartment was actually perfect in almost every way. Interacting with the owner was easy and done entirely by text message. And it allowed me to get into the apartment early in the morning, use it until late on the afternoon that I was leaving and things that, you know, many hotels don't like that, don't let you do. My other experiences with Airbnb have been similarly great. And yet, there are plenty of critics of Airbnb. Certainly, the traditional hotel industry has not been a fan, uh, arguing that the service allows any, anyone to skirt consumer protection regulations that they're required to follow, creating unfair competition. Uh, this argument, to me, frankly, seems a bit overblown. However, a potentially more on-target complaint is that it is actually driving up the cost of housing in certain areas, especially cities with an extreme housing crunch, like right here in San Francisco. The city here recently passed some new laws designed to officially make Airbnb legal, even though it was widely used uh, mostly by ignoring the previous regulations. Uh, part of those rules are things like that you can only rent out a place for short-term rentals for a maximum of 90 days in a year, uh, cutting off people who are buying property solely to rent them out. And you can see the reasoning behind this to avoid having wealthy folks just buy up properties for rentals rather than permanent residences. And uh, that also can crowd out but, but that can also crowd out some small business opportunities as well. Frankly, to me, it seems that the real solution here should be getting more housing in place rather than worrying about this as being a cause of the housing crunch. And so rather than dealing with the symptoms of the problem, deal with the actual problem itself. However, there is a legitimate concern that Airbnb may be fundamentally changing how some cities operate both in terms of permanent housing and in terms of tourism and hotel industries and things like that. Here to discuss the impact 
of Airbnb on Cities is Dennis Yang and Hirsch Reddy. And so let's start with a basic question. I think that most people agree that Airbnb has been great for travelers, but do you think it's been good for cities? Well, it depends on who you mean in cities, right? <laughs> uh, I certainly think for the citizens of cities, yes. Uh, I, I don't know about um, specifically the hotel industry or, or right, the bureaucracies but, of the cities. I mean, sure, but, but some people will argue that... You know, citizens of cities. You know, if they if the housing pricing for prices for them go up, that's a problem. And then there are also complaints about, you know, when everyone is renting out their place and you have all different people coming in and out, that it's not great. You know, for neighbors and and people in a neighborhood where they have lots of strangers coming through, whereas right. they used to know everyone. So, I mean, there are arguments against that. And I've, I see by the look on your face, which nobody else can see <laughs> except those of us in the room, that you disagree strongly with that. Well, this thing about like people coming in and out of our neighborhood, do you live in a city? I mean, do you live in a city? <laughs> I mean, if you live in a city, I hope we're talking about cities and not some gated community somewhere. Because if you live in a city, the essence of a city is people coming in that you don't necessarily know. Sure. And, and so that just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but and, I mean, even within cities, right, there are local communities. Yeah. And like I your mean, street and, and or an apartment your building. building. Yeah, apartment building. Apartment yeah. buildings have, have very valid. Like, it's like if I moved into an apartment building and it was, you know, all of a sudden a few of the apartments constantly had, you know, new people coming in and out, maybe I would be a little bit concerned. And you know, it's not particularly great. <laughs> um, I mean, I think that, I mean, you obviously, you obviously don't, don't, think that this argument is that valid. I do wonder about the the rising, you know, the the, 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 the pressure that it puts on rental prices and housing prices in in a market in, w in which the supply is limited, though. But, you know, right? we could, I mean, I, I thought Mike neatly deflected that because we could go down a rat hole about, you know, why housing prices are so high, right? And and, and the, I think I agree 100% with Mike that, that sort of this Airbnb stuff is kind of messing around with the symptoms at the periphery. And the real problem is the housing stock and they need to loosen up sort of yeah, the ability I, for builders to build I don't more think housing. Right? There's anyone that will disagree with, I mean, with that, that so, we need more supply. I think the, you know, the flip side of that, of of that argument is, is of course that Airbnb and renting out your apartment um, for a few days out of each month allows you allows more people to afford the increasing rents, which then of course applies more upward pressure towards <laughs> the market, right? Like that's yeah, it, it's kind of it, it's all connected. Right? You all know, right. but the question is this: you know, where do we want to go with that? Because you know, to some extent, if the real Thing is that we want people to, you know, be living in the city and owning their property, etc. Why do we even allow people to own units to rent them? Why don't we just say you can't rent it; you have to live there? Like we can go all the way with this logic, right? Why do you stop at the Airbnb level of logic? It's it's it always seems to me like there is um, when it comes to things like Airbnb, there is an old way of doing things, and there is an old constituency, and they don't want any change, <laughs> right? And so they'll 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 always claim that the borderline that we really have to avoid crossing is the borderline that stops right before their front yard. Well, why don't we move that borderline past their front yard? Why don't we just say? Hotels aren't really good either. All those rooms need to be converted into residences, and everyone should just stay in a residence. And if you want to come visit San Francisco, take a bus from San Mateo. Like, it's ridiculous, <laughs> right? Like, it's the same thing with, with Airbnb. It's like, are we talking about it? Are we going to allow guests to come to our city and stay in our city? That's the question. If we answer that in the affirmative, then why is it only the Hiltons that are out to rent out units, right? Yeah. Like, I, I don't really believe in this thing where... Um, the mayor and a bunch of like counselors are going to decide how much of the housing stock is going to be put on the market for short-term rentals versus people to actually rent and reside. I, I think 
top-down planning that way just doesn't work. I mean, you don't know how demand yeah, but, is going to fluctuate. But the right? thing is, the thing with the housing market is that you know, in a in a fluid and liquid marketplace, supply and demand can basically move to respond to different market forces. Right? Housing is is so slow. Yeah. To demand to, to respond to the demand, it is slow because of all these other issues, not because of Airbnb, right? It's yeah, it, it's slow, right? But right, but 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 I think what the point that Dennis is making is that the reality of the market today is what it is, yes. right? So yes, right? We we all agree that it would be great if we got rid of certain regulations, we could increase yeah. the housing stock. And in an ideal ideal world, we would be like, okay, how many how many housing units do we need today? Cool. We will provide that many housing units. But tomorrow. Right. Tomorrow. But, that's but, not possible. But the fact is that's not happening. So yeah. given the situation that we have today and the fact that for better or for worse, you know, that's not changing tomorrow. Yes. Does Airbnb have a negative impact well, on, on the housing? Sure. Let, yeah. But let's think about who. Okay. When and you ha, and say, how do we temper it? And sure. I think that there, well, there's I, a, if, if it needs to. No, see, a, you guys middle, are asking the wrong pattern. question. You're asking the wrong all question. Right. The, the question is this. Look. If I have a room in my house and I want to Airbnb it, and now yeah. all of a sudden the government says I can't do that. So they want to impinge on sort of my right to sort of, or, you know, I'm not going to say right, but my, 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 <laughs> my, my ability to sort of rent out my room, right? Uh -huh. yeah. And if we, we have all these issues and we're trying to solve them because we think the only practical way to do it is to sort of stop people from renting out their bedrooms or their in-law units in their backyards or something like that. Okay, fine. Why are we only evaluating that? That's my point. There's so many things that we could look at evaluating in sure. terms of easing this pressure, right? Like, let's... let's, uh, let's like, like what else? I guess. Oh, what do you mean? I'll, I'll give you one right now that's going to sound ridiculous. <laughs> let's put some tents in the, in the giant stadium and just let kids come in and stay there. I mean, like, anything. Anything that really... And I really think there, there, are, there are startups that are renting out front lawns for people to camp on. No, I no, think. I know. But I'm talking specifically about the giant stadium. I'm saying <laughs> we, there's so much space, right? Like, why do we only look at one thing? It's like, oh, here's a dot-com. They're doing something different. Let's start by thinking about, you know... By alleviating the situation, by by. I mean, the reason that Airbnb it. is being singled out is because they're successful, right? Like, sure, they're they're having an appreciable impact on 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 the the housing in San Francisco, and if and if you know putting the tents in Golden Gate Park was actually having an appreciable impact on people who were using it, then I think no, look but look, that. look, renting out apartments as a business is yeah. amazingly successful for a lot of huge development companies. Yeah. If we pass a law in San Francisco that said you can't rent out apartments, I guarantee you there'd be a lot more units on the market and the price would go down, right? Because all for, these things... For buying. For, for buying, exactly. Yeah. And so the, the question is, is like, who are we trying to benefit there? Right. Are we trying... Because, you know, because the, the, yeah. the, the, the implicit argument that you're making, and this is definitely true, which is that for some people, the ability to rent out your place on Airbnb is a way to... You could build a small business that way too, yes. right? Yeah. And and so like, I mean, I, you know, I, I stayed in New York. I stayed with a guy at his apartment in Airbnb where he owns three condos yeah. in New York City, and he makes a living just renting out the three yeah. different condos. Yeah. And, 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 it's, and, and I think that that's, you know, I, I actually dug a little bit into, you know, the listings within San Francisco last year and found that, you know, I forget what exact percentage of listings had multiple, how many owners had multiple listings. Right. Um, but it was, to me, I was actually surprisingly large that, yeah. you know, it was... But that's but that's the concern, right? And yeah. in New York, they're trying to shut those down because they're like, that's right. he's he's running a, a unlicensed hotel is the argument. Yeah, and I think that, you know, those types of regulations definitely, like, for example, if you were to limit it to, say, call it 
five five units or six mm-hmm. units, whatever you you put any number on it's it's basically like any other regulation at some point the edges of those regulations are where ridiculous things happen you know for example san francisco and certain neighborhoods have you know a formula retail prohib- prohibition where if your if your if your store has more than six locations they call you a formula retail you know, store and you're not allowed to open in certain, you know, neighborhoods to preserve the fabric of that neighborhood. And you shake your head, but that's maybe why, like, some neighborhoods, you know, look the way they do and they don't have Starbucks and Jamba Juice in there. Um, but the edges of those are, are, the edges of those regulations is where the ridiculous examples get taken up. And it's like, look, what about this guy? He only has seven. That's only seven, you know? Right. And I think that that's kind of where, you know, you, it's it's difficult to build a, a city and it's and I think it's I think there's there's a big part of us that is saying you know controlling it is not the right way, but at the same time it's like I don't know like, like that's that's where I'm 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 actually honestly conflicted in this issue here. So I'm absolutely not, but then I, I'm probably <laughs> in the minority here. Everybody certainly feels like there's something very unique and, no, and appealing I, about San Francisco, and that and that that appealingness comes from the fact that they have all these different law. No, rules. I don't think it's the the laws don't make what San Francisco don't, don't make San Francisco special, but you know, I do see, like, I, I love change. I, like, Airbnb, I'm a big Airbnb customer. I'm just trying to figure out, like, where's that balance? Like, can be, you know, between complete and other, you know, freedom of doing whatever the hell you want and letting any, like, the market forces kind of dictate and then seeing what happens. Or maybe trying trying to be like, look, you know, we do like certain things to be a certain way. And but I think, I mean, you can make an argument too that, yeah. you know, one of the nice things about Airbnb is the ability for people to, you know, rather than being a tourist in the traditional sense of yes. going to a big hotel yeah. in, in, you know, Union Square or whatever, right. to actually live in a real neighborhood with mm-hmm. real people. And that was like, you know, the, the, almost all of my Airbnb experiences have been that, which I've been right. able to stay in really cool, fun neighborhoods yeah. in cities that, that don't even have hotels and because you can't really stay there. Yeah. And that said, for those experiences, how many of those were someone's apartment that they actually live in and how many of those were actually like full-time Airbnb listings that, you know, you look in the drawers and there's not, you know, random stuff from the person's personal well, life. You know what? I've got a funny story about that. When, when we went to um, Sweden, Norway, and uh, Denmark, me and my wife, we stayed in a bunch of Airbnbs yeah. up there. And it was kind of mixed. There, was, there were some that were, uh, that you know, at least one that was kind of, portrayed a certain way and was just not very good at all, which is fine. You're going to hit some of those. And then there was one that was awesome, and I went there, and I looked at the guy's record collection because it was right there on the wall, and it was like all this weird early 90s punk rock and hardcore stuff from like upstate New York, which is where, you know, me and Mike went to school and Dennis as well. Yeah. And it was strange seeing this, you know, it was weird because like this guy's running me my house, and this guy is a guy, you know, in like this was in Amsterdam, I think, and he's like, "What is this guy doing with all this like <laughs> random music from the United States?" That was the kind of experience you can't have at a hotel. But right. what I was gonna, what I was gonna say though yeah. about about the Europe thing is, in Europe, there's like all these hotels that are yeah. literally like four or five times more expensive than these homes, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And I really got the sense that the people that were Airbnb ing us stuff, it's not like they had another home. They were going and sleeping on someone's couch. Yeah, there right? there are a lot of cases yeah. of that. Yeah. And like, and I mean, like the very first Airbnb that I did, the guy insisted that it, it was he. He told me that he did own a few different properties, but the one yeah. that I was staying at was, was his his, house. his actual house. So I was and and that he had been living there for over twenty years. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I was amazed that somehow he was basically. I mean, the closets were empty. So yeah. when I was there, he was able to clear everything out. I don't know if he had like a storage unit or something, but. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I do wonder. Uh, I mean, that said, it's. I mean, for me, those experiences are actually the best. It's actually because yeah. like, you can't get that at a hotel. You can't. No, get, not at like, all. Living in a home. So I decided it. That's the struggle, right? Like this is a product that the market has told us that they want. Yeah. Because it's a better experience at a better price. Yeah. Um, my every one of my Airbnb experiences have been better than hotel experiences. I I think. Yeah. I you know. So then, and then as such, so so if it has an appreciable change on the city, like how do we, how do we balance those two things, right? Right. um, And that I think, that, that, (laughs) that's, that's why I'm conflicted. Turn hotels into condos and let them be rented out on Airbnb. Right. I mean, shouldn't there be downward price pressure on the hotels then? And then at some point. There is, I'm sure. uh, Yeah. But there doesn't, I mean, there's the same to be. Well, this is San Francisco where like. Even the Airbnbs are filled to capacity, right? Like, I mean, yeah. so and they're well, not I cheap saw either. something that was like Airbnb um, capacity in San Francisco is like almost around ninety percent or something. The, yeah. Available yeah. or filled? That filled. Like, I mean, we're also very San, as, you know San Francisco centric here. I would be very yeah. curious to see what the Airbnb market looks like in Las Vegas, for example. Sure. Um, which well, has, I mean, and I just had a little bit of experience in Sacramento, as I said, in the opening, yeah. which I was wondering about that because all, all of my Airbnb experience before that had been in New York City, yeah. which is a big city also, and I thought maybe that's not representative. Um, and in Sacramento, honestly, like the selection, there wasn't a great amount of selection. Right. Um, and so I was I was a little bit limited there. And we had actually looked at some Airbnb stuff in San Jose not too long ago for, for some other folks, and... and there wasn't a huge selection, it seemed to me, in in sort of downtown areas. Right. And so maybe it does depend on, on kind of where you are. And well, there's there's the air, there's the I've never stayed in an Airbnb where I didn't get the whole unit. You know, like yeah, me neither. And, and I've never had like just a room. You never actually had the airbed. Yeah, exactly, or, <laughs> yeah. or a couch or whatever. But it seems to me like. But uh, my favorite, I will yeah. let you get. My favorite Airbnb is the guy who is letting you sleep in his Tesla. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Where is it? It's in his garage in Arizona. He has a Tesla, and you can sleep in. The, he has an airbed that he'll put. He puts the back seats down, and you can fit an entire airbed. Well, how much the, does that go for? I like, think it's like sixty bucks a night. Sixty that's bucks a night. Is, is Arizona that expensive? Like what the hell? You get it's, away? It's, it's, it's novelty. Was, it's more about the novelty, and he's he's also an Uber driver. And he, and he'll he'll pick you up and drive you back to his house, and you're allowed to go in and use the bathroom. But basically, yeah. that's it. You're staying in his I mean, car in the garage. Yeah, that's absurd. <laughs> but he points out you can you can if it gets cold, you can put the car on because there's no exhaust. To <laughs> yeah, he won't, he won't die. <laughs> anyway, sorry, that's off. But I, I mean, for yeah. me, there's another another bigger theme that that Airbnb def- and and to that matter, like Lyft and Uber also touch upon, which is kind of this shared economy thing. Yeah, and utilization in general. Like if you think about, you know, right now, you know kind of housing houses and offices in general but buildings in a city like the fact that people live in one one space and then leave that space to go to work and then that space sits vacant and fallow during the day and vice versa is actually very interesting right so yeah. I, mean, I feel like airbnb starts to put systems into place to essentially increase the utilization of yeah. available space in a given a given very limited area, and that to me is very interesting, right? So yeah, I mean, you could conceivably, right? I mean, you could see where somebody could do an Airbnb where you could let somebody work in your empty house all day while you go to work. Yeah, I and know, that's right? there's there's yeah. there's a new app called Breather that I just installed that it allows you to rent people spaces for an hour or two. I've I've seen something um, similar. I don't think it was called Breather, but yeah. it was there's another oh, one. So there's another amazing. one like that too. Yeah. So if you want to go, if you want if you want to come work here at my house, like you can just you know come here, pay me whatever ten bucks, and and work here. 
well, you know, I'm here, but mm-hmm. whatever you can. And I think that that's interesting from a utilization standpoint, like how as as we as we figure out, you know, how to evenly distribute limited resources, we never used to have mechanisms in place to, you know, mm-hmm. so fluidly match yeah. the utilization of said resources. And maybe that's kind of what this feels like as we're going, you know, moving towards Airbnb it, and Lyft. And there's Uber. limits to it. Too, that right? said, you know, in the same way that I think that it's, I'm not keen on people buying brand new vehicles to drive for Lyft and Uber because my whole point to that was that your car was sitting unused, right. your time was being unused, so you should just use this existing resource as opposed to adding more resources to the mm-hmm. problem. In the same vein, you know, it's it feels a little bit disingenuous to kind of what what the Airbnb what Airbnb is looking to solve with this utilization thing by kind of having custom, you know, buying whole buying new properties just to rent them out on Airbnb. Yeah. Especially if it takes them out of the rental market. Right. Um, I mean, I I don't even know if that's necessarily a bad thing because the thing is is that you it's not like if the demand is there to fill that unit completely, mm-hmm. right, then that, that means that there is that latent demand, right? That means that mm-hmm. people wanted to do it. And who's to say that their desire to be in San Francisco for four days was less than, you know, somebody else's desire to be kind, there a year. Kind of. And, you know, like, I don't agree with that. I think, I think, yeah. I, don't, I don't think short-term residents are any less worthy than long-term residents. And, you know, yeah, I, there's a lot of stuff in, in in San Francisco and California that that's that way, right? And I'm not just talking yeah. about Proposition 13. And then there's also like, like a, a whole class thing. I think that's very that that definitely sure. mixes into this conversation, which is you know, San Francisco we do have below market rate units. Um, you know, on like there's there's laws that say there have to be a certain number of below market rate units. And how do you have? There are laws in the books that this is not free market. That says that there has to be certain quote below market rate units. And I think that Airbnb with the upward pressure means that, like, you know, I think a BMR studio I saw last week was rented for $2,600 a month, which is crazy that that's, be- I mean, yes, technically it's below, below market, <laughs> but it's getting, yeah. it, it feels it feels very, very out of whack with kind of what housing should cost. And and, and should cost is, I, I hate that because should cost is as should is, by the market. Right, is, is, uh, it's very hard to, hard to say. Um, but that, but that I think is why I think this issue is so hotly contested is because it, it's dealing with where people are living, and yeah, and that's I mean so many of the issues that, that people deal with today. I mean even like you look at the whole financial mess from the past decade, right? I mean so yeah. much of that was about mortgages, which was also about home ownership and mm-hmm. and everything. And so you know when it comes to home ownership, it feels like this thing that people have such an emotional attachment to, you know, potentially for good reason, but that makes it difficult to make arguments around efficiency and, right. and free markets. I mean, since it's it's non-trivial to pick up and move to another apartment um, or another city, that's that's where like that's where the friction in the marketplace comes. Yeah. Um, and especially when mm-hmm. you know, like, very real human feelings are are concerned. The free market and this feels that's, that's I mean, why it feels really no cold. i think you know well think about this man like i, I don't know if you can put that on the free market I, I don't think our mortgage market is a free market right no, like it's not. If, if, it's if, not. If, if lenders would not go around giving you know people that don't make you know two hundred thousand dollars a year uh loans for two million dollar houses or 1.5 mm-hmm. million dollar houses right so there's something weird going on when the government must be subsidizing, and I don't know the mechanisms of it, but there has to be some kind of subsidy happening somewhere along the line, right? And if that's happening, and if people with low incomes are getting into these houses that are extremely expensive, mm-hmm. then that's what causes 
their inability to sell when the market dips, and that's what causes labor to be unable to kind of move. It's not it's not kind of like that's a failure of the market. The failure of the market happened way earlier in the step mm-hmm. when a non-economically viable loan was made to purchase this thing that was like way out of your kind of league, essentially, right? Like, sure. um, and we have a lot of that going on. Like I, we, to what extent is San Francisco's huge housing price rises? How, to what extent is that due to the fact that you know, it's very easy for people to get loans to pay these huge th- sums, right? If you couldn't, right. there'd and be less people in the market to buy it, and the prices would have to fall. So, and these yeah. are very difficult economic questions to answer, right? Like what? Yeah, but but I think there's a point in that that putting the blame on Airbnb is obviously yeah, you know, no, it, it, it's not entirely, misplaced. but it's one of the factors, right? The reason the the tech boom is another place people are. Are, are putting the blame. Right. Um, the fact that San Francisco has beautiful weather. Well, if you like the same weather all year round, like <laughs> the same beautiful, the same beautiful weather. weather. I mean, it's well. it's cold, but um, you know that has that has to blame, right? Like th- these are all factors that that kind of contribute the lack of housing supply. There's no one thing that has contributed to the rise in housing prices. And I mean. I mean it's just I don't know why whenever people debate aside from about the lack of supply, but yeah, I guess that's the one thing, right? The, you know, the lack of supply thing is so central. It's like I don't know why people don't think about this every time they talk about housing prices. If there's only let's say eight hundred space for eight hundred thousand residents in San Francisco, I don't know what the number is. Maybe it's a million. Let's say eight hundred thousand, right? Let's say yeah. only eight hundred thousand people can live in this city, and no one else, and everybody wants to live here in the Bay Area, say because right. it's a cool spot to live. Or I guess Oakland will argue with that, but but you know <laughs> what I mean. So. That people are going to bid for those spots like musical chairs, right? And the price of those spots are going to go up. Now, if you increase and make it, and now make it like three million people can live here, then a lot more people can squeeze in. And instead, what we're saying is, it's always going to be eight hundred thousand people that can live in San Francisco, but we're going to take two hundred thousand dollars of that. Uh, sorry, two hundred thousand members there, and uh, City Hall is going to decide who's going to get those apartments. We're not going to put it on the... Which is essentially what happens, right? When you do yeah. subsidized housing, it's like it's doled out politically, or I don't know how, some kind of lottery. I'm not really sure what the mechanism is. And it's like, remember, the other 600,000 people in the city have to subsidize the 200,000 in terms of they have to pay more for units. Because right. if you build an apartment yeah, but, building, but, but, and if, say, 20% yeah. have to go below market, that means they will increase the charge of the other yeah. ones to make up for that difference. And so, yeah, but I, I mean, again, I don't think anyone denies that. I, I think, you know, I, no one denies it, but it doesn't come into debate when someone's talking about Airbnb putting up. It's, it's almost like a tiger invaded your picnic and is eating your aunt from the leg up. And people are like, why is she screaming in pain? And they look at the ant on her forefinger. Oh, that ant is biting her finger. There's a tiger eating her from the other side. And we're talking about an ant? Like, what is this ant? It has got nothing to do with it. But again, and, and, and I, again, I mean, for the most part, I agree with you. But, but the point is that, again, that, that's a problem that's it's, it's not one that you solve overnight, right? And yeah. so, no, so, but my point is that spraying the ant spray is not going to do anything to the situation. We could... Ban Airbnb and the prices of housing in the city are not going to fall. Can we all agree on that? Do you guys really think that it's yeah, going to have no, an appreciable no, I effect? I don't, I don't, I don't I, think I, it's going to. I, yeah, but I, I think there there are legitimate questions about does does Airbnb change the nature of the city, and then is that good or bad, right? Yeah. And and I, you know I, <laughs> you're shaking your head, but yeah. and and because I mean for the most part I probably agree with you because I think if it does change the city in any way it's probably for the better. So I'll, I'll I'll make that concession, but I think I think it's one thing to just you know to, to just keep focus and, and 
Right. And I, and I think, I, I mean, as far as like the number of units available on Airbnb as compared to the sure. sheer number of units are, that are in the total city, I'm sure is still it's pretty small. Tiny. Yeah. It's tiny. This whole character of the city thing, man. I mean, like, think about this, man. It, like, only in, I'm not going to say it's only in San Francisco, but there's something strange about America about elevating nostalgia to like this, this almost like a religion, right? Like, like things have to be fixed in an amber. My city looked this way in the 60s. It's got to look this way in 2020. It's absurd. It's like, yeah. I understand you like Full House or whatever that show. And so the houses looked a certain way when they had the intro sequence. But now this, that whole park's got to stay that way. Those houses got to stay that way. It doesn't matter if the city has like yeah. five times more people. Yeah, but, like, okay. Okay, so let's 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 get out of. But let's get. Houses do have to stay that way. I know. (laughs) It just seems crazy to me. But but. It, let's, but let's get out of San Francisco. I mean, it, this this argument is really extreme and really well, you know, defined in San Francisco. But I think they're having similar arguments about yeah. this in almost every city where Airbnb. Uh, are they having these arguments been, in Houston? <laughs> I doubt it. I, I don't know. I mean, I bet you if we looked, that there would be some some complaints about it in Houston. They're definitely having it in in New York, and yeah. I've seen similar arguments in places around Europe where Airbnb has been very successful. I think it's almost anywhere where Airbnb has been successful, and that there's demand for for short term rentals in those areas. That there are concerns about how it's how it's impacting the city. And again, personally, you know, my reaction is I think it's doing really good things in, in terms of introducing new opportunities and you know, both new businesses for local residents and new ways for for visitors to enjoy the city, which I which I think you know, and you know, better utilization of space. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think it is a legitimate argument to look at you know how is that how is that change happening, and and then we can have an argument about whether or not it's good or bad. And and you know, I'm going to take the side that it's good, but it's a legitimate question to ask. <laughs> Even as you keep shaking your head. No, it's a, I mean, it's, it's a legitimate question to ask in the sense that like people can ask questions. You're so dismissive. <laughs> I don't, well, the thing is, like you know, it's 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 like I feel like this Airbnb thing and like the the you know particularly the way the housing stocks the questions are handled in San Francisco are these kinds of 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 like a history yeah. where if you repeat something enough. Yes. Then it just becomes reasonable. Okay. Just because okay. Everyone's repeating so let's it, let's just you know? put put San Francisco to oh, the side, side. Okay? okay. And and but let's talk about some other city. Okay. Okay. And and just think about it from the perspective of some other city, so you you get away from well, just the specifics it, of in, San Francisco. In any city, the opposition to these kinds of things, right? Like like Airbnb, is it always comes from the same kind of places, right? There's like let's see, is it two or three things we would cover? One is opposition from the fact that like it's changing the character of the city. The second thing is opposition from the fact that you know it uh, is reducing the housing stock, and perhaps a third thing which we didn't really cover was the fact that um, if you don't regulate it, it, it will be a different quality of hotel than the regulated. Right, there's hotels, sort right? of a safety. Yeah, aspect yeah. and we haven't really talked about that too much. On, and that one, I actually am the most sympathetic towards. You, you, there could be some argument. I'm um, the you least know? sympathetic. Yeah, but, 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 but okay, that's a different. But that thing, one yeah. we have an argument. Okay, yeah. but the other I mean, two. How about the level, the level playing field thing with uh, taxes and stuff? I think I'm okay with. Taxing, yeah. you know, I think yeah. that's fair too. I mean, if you're making yeah. one yeah. set of people pay taxes, but, but you know, you I make mean, everyone pay taxes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. Well, it, but it, I mean, it's not that simple, actually. I yeah. mean, there are a bunch of different things to it, and but well, it depends how you assess the taxes. Yeah, and and I think you know, to some extent, like the arguments around safety and um, and regulations are sort of date back to a time when you know where you had an information 
asymmetry, right? Oh, where, where you know, you needed regulations to make sure hotels were clean and safe because mm-hmm. you had no way of knowing that before they were that, clean right? And safe, yeah. Whereas now, you know, I mean, every Airbnb that you do, like I read the reviews thoroughly, right. and you know, and I often try and communicate with the the people who are renting the place out to see how communicative they are and things yeah. like that. And and there's enough information going back and forth that the, uh, and this is not to say that there aren't. You know, there will never be mm-hmm. issues, and there certainly are issues. But I think the reasons that those regulations were put in place, well-meaning at the time, don't necessarily apply yeah. mm-hmm. when you can have that information sharing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so maybe like regulations like like that should have a time limit, right? Like you pass a certain like regulation yeah. after. Well, I mean, I, I, you can make an argument, and yeah. some people have, and I have every at times too that every law should have some sort of yeah. you know, every law should be period. renewed. But, but, you know, historically, even when you do have laws with sunset periods, when Patriot it gets to the, they just, they, yeah, I mean, for example, the Patriarch, they, they, they get to the sunset period and then everyone freaks out and they, of course, renew it because it's, it's, you know, so you it's, can't it's, imagine it's life some, without it. right, it's something of a fig leaf to say, you know, yeah. renew but, the laws, yeah. but yeah. that's a whole other issue, maybe another podcast that we'll yeah. do. Um we are just about out of time here. Do we do we want to have any final thoughts I mean, beyond beyond more houses in San Francisco? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm all, I'm all for change. I'm a, you know, I, mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's very very awesome to see so much. You know, I think it it to have this stuff in the dialogue is is means that we're making a difference and things are changing, right? And I think that's that's yeah. great. And I, and, and I mean, from my standpoint, right? And and this is purely one hundred percent biased based on my experiences like airbnb has been super super useful and when i find a service that i find to be super useful that provides a, a better experience I, I mean i think that's a good thing yeah. and i think that you, and you want to hang on to it so. yeah and and but the ability to do that on a wide scale as it is doing is pretty powerful you know if i'm having better experiences that means lots of people are probably having better experiences and and that's what innovation should be all about and so yeah you know but but i i always like to you know, still think about the consequences and consider what they might be as, as you know, as we go forward with these things. And I obviously don't think about the consequences. <laughs> <laughs> now, if I was going to close with a thought, I would just say, you know, uh, you know, cities are always changing. You know, San Francisco was a city of tents once upon a time. And imagine if those 49ers had said that uh, the miners, they didn't want their city to change. We'd all be living in tents. Still, things are going to change. Maybe someday we need to have high rises where the houses are small. I don't, I don't think people should be paranoid about those things. And someday in the future, Airbnb will become just as much of a fabric of our city in the way we live as getting your milk from the milkman. Uh, actually, that doesn't happen anymore. But you know what I mean? Go, go to Target for your milk or, or shopping at cargo up at Costco for your uh, underwear. And then whatever, Airbnb you know. will try and block the next upstart. Yeah, exactly. And by, and then, just... by then we'll all be living in our self-driving cars anyways. So, yeah, exactly. you know, so. <laughs> these things happen. But anyways, the future is here. Yes. Thanks again for joining us at the Tech Dirt Podcast. We will be back next week. And uh, thank you guys for for another fun and uh, lively discussion. Execution to